ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Today, in this lecture, we will be talking about the biography and the life of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhu. And these types of gatherings of knowledge, they are very beneficial for the believers, that a person comes and attends to sit in the gatherings of knowledge, the gatherings that have been mentioned in the sunnah, that the mercy and the tranquility descends upon those gatherings and the angels, they come to those gatherings. So these are blessed gatherings, the gatherings of knowledge, the gatherings of revising the Qur'an, of revising the sunnah, and as Jibreel alayhi salam showed us the etiquette of how to attend and behave in the gatherings of knowledge. When Jibreel alayhi salam came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the famous hadith known as the hadith of Jibreel. In that hadith the scholars have mentioned the etiquettes of the gatherings of knowledge are learnt because the way that Jibreel alayhi salam behaved with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam demonstrated and showed how a student should behave in the gathering of knowledge. So it is mentioned he came with clean garments as an example that the student of knowledge comes to the gatherings of knowledge in a beautified and good appearance, not in a disheveled appearance, not looking after himself. And also it is mentioned how Jibreel alayhi salam went and sat in front of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam sat on his knees in front of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to pay attention to what the messenger had to say and to sit in that manner of modesty and humbleness as a student should with his teacher And so he sat there as a student, showing the companions how they are to sit with the Prophet ﷺ, how they are to sit with that modesty and humbleness and humility and focus, sitting with the teacher in front of him, facing him, all of those things. The scholars have mentioned you can understand and learn from the hadith of Jibreel, from the way that he behaved 
when he came and sat with the Prophet ﷺ, it was an education to the companions of how you behave when you sit with the Prophet ﷺ. And it is an education for all of us on how we are to behave in the gatherings of knowledge, that we listen with focus and we listen carefully. In the Salaf, some of the Salaf, when they were asked, how long are you going to carry on seeking knowledge? (coughs) When they were asked, how long are you going to carry on seeking knowledge? They would reply, in some of their biographies it mentions, they would reply, up until death, because I do not know when I will hear that one thing which impacts my heart and ends up being the cause for my entrance into paradise. You do not know which gathering of knowledge you might be in when you hear some ayah or you hear some hadith and it impacts you in a way that causes you ultimately to enter paradise, that it changes you, affects you, impacts you, that ayah or that hadith and so your life it changes for the better and maybe you for that cause enter paradise in the end. So a person does not know when he will hear that benefit that changes his heart. And so it is important that everybody focuses in the gatherings of knowledge. We have much time to socialize The people, they sit together and they socialize much. But this time, when the gathering of knowledge occurs, then it is important that we do not make these gatherings, gatherings of social meeting. These are gatherings of seeking knowledge. After the gatherings of knowledge, you have your time to socialize and to relax and to speak to the brothers and the sisters to speak to the sisters. But is it, it is important that during the class we focus and we listen carefully and it is actually a bad etiquette if we are talking whilst the ayat of the Qur'an are being mentioned or we are talking and conversing and socializing whilst the ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam are being mentioned. So, <coughs> it is important that we all behave with the etiquettes of the student of knowledge, the etiquettes of the gatherings of knowledge, so that we benefit. Because otherwise, if we sit with negligence, then the whole gathering is missed. We may sit there for the whole gathering and come out of it without any benefit. So it is important to focus on these gatherings and they are so little, one hour of your week or two hours of your week from all of the other hours that you have and what you do with them.
It's important to focus in this small amount of time and dedicate it to your religion in learning and studying. So today, that's what we are going to do, to study and to learn. And it is going to be in particular, as we said, from the biography <coughs> of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhu. We're going to briefly mention some background about this great companion and mention something about his life. Of course, it is not going to be a detailed breakdown of everything. A detailed breakdown of everything that happened during the Khilafah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhu, would take multiple lessons. Here this book we have now is 200-300 pages of the Khilafah of Abu Bakr and all the things that happened and what he did. But we're going to summarize so that everybody has an idea of who Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu was. So we will begin with his full name. So who can tell us what is the actual name of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq? Abu Bakr is like a kunya. When you say Abu Abdullah, Abu Khalid, Abu Khadija, Abu Fatima, Abu, Abu whatever. These are kunyas. But what was his actual name? Anybody know? Hands up if you know. Abdullah. Correct. So the name of Abu Bakr was actually Abdullah. And his full lineage, you can make a note then, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, his name was Abdullah. And make this carefully. Abdullah and his father's name was Uthman. And his grandfather's name was Amir. And his great-grandfather was Amr, Amir, and then Amr. And then his great-grandfather after that was Kaab, the next grandfather up, Kaab. <coughs> and then the next grandfather up, Sa'ad. And the next grandfather up, Tame. And the next grandfather up, Murrah. And the next grandfather, Kaab. Up to there is enough. So there you have Abdullah, who is Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. His father's name was Uthman. His grandfather's name was Amir. That's his grandfather. Then his next grandfather was called Amr. Then his next grandfather was called Kaab. Then his next grandfather was called Sa'ad. His next grandfather was called Taim. His next grandfather, which is now his 
sixth grandfather was called Murrah, and then Ka'ab ibn Lu'i ibn Ghalib, it carries on. So his sixth grandfather was Murrah. Now, keep that there. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what was his full lineage going up? So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his father's name was Abdullah. And then his grandfather was called <coughs> Abdul Muttalib. And then his grandfather after that was called Hashim. So, Muhammad ﷺ, his father Abdullah, then his grandfather Abdul Muttalib, then his next grandfather Hashim, and then his next grandfather Abd Manaf, then his next grandfather Usay, then his next grandfather Kilab, then his next grandfather, which is now the sixth one, was Murrah, which was also the sixth grandfather of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, which means if you draw the two lines at the sixth grandfather, Abu Bakr and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, their lineage meets. At the sixth grandfather, their lineage meets at Murrah, Ibn Ka'ab, Ibn Lu'ay, Ibn Ghal, Ibn Fahr. Al-Qurashi At-Taymi, that is Abu Bakr As-Siddiq. Yaltaqi nasabuhu ma'an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi murrah ibn Ka'ab ibn Lu'ay. So the lineage of Abu Bakr As-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhum, meets with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at the sixth grandfather. As for his mother, <coughs> the mother of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, Ummuhu Ummul Khair Salma. His mother's name, she was known as with the kunya Ummul Khair, and her name was Salma. And she was the daughter of Sakhar, who was the son of Amir. This is a different Amir, Amir ibn Ka'ab. Who was the son of Sa'ad? Who was the son of Taim? So eventually his mother meets up at the lineage as well into the fathers. His father, Uthman, was more famous with another name, a kunya. And that is Abu Quhafa. Abu Quhafa is the kunya of the father of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. His name we said was Uthman, but his kunya was Abu Quhafa. Abu Quhafa, the father of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhu, did he ever become Muslim or not? He became Muslim. When did he become Muslim? So Abu Quhafa, the father of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, became Muslim. He was Muslim, companion. And he became Muslim at the year of the conquering of Mecca. 
the eighth year of Hijrah, two years before the death of the Prophet ﷺ. So he was Muslim, also his father. In Jahiliyyah, in Jahiliyyah, before the revelation came to the Prophet ﷺ, before all of that, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, Abdullah, uh, he was known as a different name. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, he was known as a different name. He was known as Atiq. His name previously was Atiq. Because it is mentioned, ذكر الطبري من طريق ابن لهيعة أن أولاد أبي قحافة ثلاثة. Al-Tabari, Tafsir Al-Tabari, Al-Imam Al-Tabari, Ibn Jarir, he mentioned that Abu Quhafa, the father of Abu Bakr, had three sons. One of them, he had named him Atiq, which is Abu Bakr, uh, Atiq, Abu Bakr, wa Mu'taq, wa Utaiq. Atiq, Mu'taq, and Utaiq. Those were the names of the three sons, it is mentioned, of Abu Quhafa, but then afterwards, Atiq was then known as Abdullah Abu Bakr. So that is about his name, and you now know that he is from the same line, from the same lineage going upwards, at the sixth grandfather of the Prophet ﷺ. The next thing... What did Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu physically look like? What did he actually look like? What were his features? What was his appearance? Was he big, small? What did he look like? Kana, <coughs> and this is all from Al-Bidayah wa Nihayah, all this information of Ibn Kathir, or related to it. كَانَ رَجُلًا نَحِيفًا It is mentioned that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq رضي الله عنه was a thin man. He was not big, he was thin. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq رضي الله عنه was thin. خَفِيفُ الْلَحْمِ That he was not heavy-bodied as they say. He was light. He was thin, and he did not have, as you would say, a great deal of muscle on his body. He was a thin individual, radiyallahu anh. and he was of a very fair complexion. A very fair complexion. Abyad. وَقَالَتْ عَائِشَةً فِي وَصْفِهِ and Aisha radiallahu anha said about his description. And Aisha compared to him is who? His daughter, of course. Aisha radiallahu anha said about Abu Bakr, her father, Rajulun Abiyad, that he was a white man, meaning of fair complexion, Nahif, thin, Khafiful Aridain. Meaning that he had very little, one of the meanings of that, very little beard on the sides of his cheeks. 
خفيف العارضين one of the meanings can be that you don't have a thick beard on your cheeks so he was very thin with his beard on his cheeks not the rest but on his cheeks it was a thin beard that is one meaning of خفيف العارضين قليل شعر but he didn't have much hair on the sides on the on the cheeks of his face اجنع يعني لا يستمسك إزاره يسترخي عن حقويه that he was أجنع meaning that because of the way that his body was and he was thin his garment that he used to tie on the lower garment would slip off his sides it would slip from his waist due to him being of that physical nature of being thin that his garment would slip from his waist ma'ruq al-wajh ma'ruq al-wajh meaning that he was lean in his face he didn't have fat on his face he was lean and bony to some degree but he was a thin man and his bones or, or his features and his face were visible and evident and there, he wasn't a man with a great deal of flesh and meat uh, on his face of that nature that his eyes were hollow they were deeply set into his face sometimes you have people their eyes are a bit more forward And other people, their eyes are a little bit more back in the head. So his eyes were a little bit more back into his head. A little bit more back into his face. Hollow, deep set. His eyes were deeply set. Na'ti al-jabha. His forehead was a bit further out. His forehead was a little bit further out. slightly prominent a prominent forehead so his eyes were set in slightly and his forehead was more prominent that his hand his fingers were again of little meat that they were thin he was thin so there wasn't a great deal of meat on his hands either they were thin too light boned uh, and then it mentions about his beard that he used to dye his beard with the henna with that uh, uh, you know the, like the orange color the red color that you put into your beard for dyeing that he would dye his beard with that color So now you get a description of what Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu looked like. He was a thin man, thin on his face, thin on his hands. He was light-boned, a thin man. And he had little hair on the sides of his cheeks. Such was his body shape and thinness that even his garment would slightly slip off his side and he had a lean type of appearance to his body his eyes were deep set hollow in his face his forehead was more prominent slightly more forward 
and he used to dye his beard with that red orange type of color you know havihi sifatu khalqihi that <coughs> is what he used to look like physically amma khuluquhu and now coming on to the next part what about his description in terms of his character in terms of how he was then it is mentioned amma khuluquhu radiyallahu anhu faqad kana kareeman shuja'an thabitan dha ra'in sadid fil mawaqif al idham samhan saburan qawi al azima faqihan aliman bil ansab wal akhbar shadid at tawakkul ala allah wa thiqah bi wa'dihi ورعا متباعدا عن الشبهات زاهدا في الدنيا راغبا فيما عند الله so it mentions he was a very generous man and a noble man he was courageous brave and he had a very strong intellect and opinion some people when you ask for their opinion on something they give you a very good strong solid opinion and it's a very good opinion every time they give you their input in something they give you a good strong solid input and it works and it's something smart and intelligent and good that's the way he was his intellect and when he gave input into things it was a strong and sound input he used to give strong and sound opinions he used to have upon affairs wisdom and especially in the events that occurred in those early days many great events occurred in the seerah and the attacks from the mushrikun and the battles and the ghazawat many things happened During those affairs, throughout those different events, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu always had a good, strong, sound, and intelligent input to give into those affairs. And he was samhan saburan, that he was a very forgiving person, and a very patient person. Qawiyul azimah. that he had a very strong mindset he was a strong character faqihan aliman bil ansab wal akhbar and he was faqih meaning he was knowledgeable he was very knowledgeable and in particular with regards to the lineages and those affairs and he was shadid at tawakkul ala allah wa thiqati bi wa'dihi He had a great deal of trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a great deal of trust in the promise of Allah and he was wari'an mutaba'idan 'an shubuhat <coughs> he was a very pious individual very pious he would stay away from the doubtful affairs stay away from any matters that were gray areas He was a very pious, righteous, upright man, staying away from any doubtful matters. 
Zahidan fid dunya raghiban fima Allah. He didn't care about the worldly bliss. He didn't care about the luxuries of the world. Zahidan fid dunya. But instead, raghiban fima Allah. He had a great desire for the reward that was with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is a brief explanation of his character and the type of man he was. You see some of the great characteristics in him, the types of characteristics that the Prophet ﷺ commanded us all to be upon, upon nobility and generosity and courageousness and forgiving and patient and of a strong mindset and of great trust in Allah and in the promise of Allah, righteous and pious and staying away from doubts. These are the types of characteristics that the Messenger wasallam told us all to be upon. Then after that, the next small part, when did he actually become Muslim? كان أبو بكر الصديق أول أول الرجال إسلاما أبو بكر الصديق رضي الله عنه was the first of the men to become Muslim he was the first of the free men to accept Islam وسبقته خديجة and before him though Khadija radiyallahu anha had already become Muslim. Khadija radiyallahu anha had already become Muslim. And then Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu became Muslim. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was the first free man to become a Muslim. Khadija radiyallahu anha was the first woman to become Muslim. The first child to become Muslim was Ali Ali radiyallahu anhu, he was the first awwalu sabiyan islaman and the first freed slave from the mawali that was Zayd uh, Zayd ibn Haritha awwalu al-mawali islaman wa kana islamu Abi Bakr أعظم منفعة للإسلام والمسلمين من إسلام غيره لمكانته وجده في الدعوة أن أبو بكر الصديق رضي الله عنه him becoming Muslim was of the greatest benefit to Islam and the Muslims you've heard of when Umar ibn al-Khattab رضي الله عنه became Muslim and how much strength that brought to the Muslims when he became Muslim. But here it mentions when Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu became Muslim, that was of the greatest of benefit to Islam and the Muslims because of his uh, station and rank as an individual and because of the amount of effort he put into the da'wah. Because of the amount of effort he put into da'wah, into calling people to Islam. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, da'i, from the greatest of those who put that effort into da'wah. 
Haythu, and we're going to get to this later on as well, but Haythu aslama bi-islamihi adadun kathirun min al-mashahir. Many of the other companions, from the famous companions, they became Muslim because of the da'wah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq to them. They became Muslim with him because of the da'wah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq to them. For example, Abdul Rahman ibn Awf became Muslim from the da'wah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. And Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas and even Uthman ibn Affan and Az-Zubair ibn Al-Awam and Talha ibn Ubaidillah. These are who? Mubashir al Ashra from them, from the ones who were given the glad tidings of paradise from the major companions. They became Muslim because of the da'wah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhum. وَقَدْ كَانَ يَوْمَ أَسْلَمَ عِنْدَهُ أَرْبَعُونَ أَلْفَ دِرْهَمْ أَنْفَقَهَا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ The day he became Muslim, it is mentioned he had 40,000 dirham. Dirham was the money that they used to use in those days. He had 40,000 dirhams that he spent in the path of Allah. The day he became Muslim, at that time when he became Muslim, at that time he had 40,000 dirhams and he spent them all in the path of Allah. وَأَعْتَقَ عَدَدًا مِنَ الْعَبِيدِ الْمُسْتَضْعَفِينَ الَّذِينَ كَانُوا يُعَذَّبُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And he was the one who bought and freed many of the slaves who were being tormented at that time. For example, Bilal radiallahu anhu, freed by Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, and others, we'll get to some more if we have time. وَقَدْ لَازَمَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ فِي مَكَّةِ And Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he stayed with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, stuck by him during the days in Mecca. وَكَانَ صَاحِبُهُ فِي الْغَارِ And then when the hijrah finally happened, it was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, who was the companion along with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when they did the hijrah. كَانَ صَاحِبُهُ فِي الْغَارِ وَفِي الْهِجْرَةِ ثُمَّ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ And then in Medina, which means Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa all the way in Mecca. First man, first man from the free men to become Muslim and stayed with the messenger side by side throughout the years in Mecca. Then during the actual hijrah, he was with the Prophet ﷺ. In the cave, he was with him. When they got to Medina, he was with him. So he was with the Prophet ﷺ throughout. وَحَضَرَ مَشَاهِدَهُ كُلَّهَا And Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was with the Prophet ﷺ when all those major events occurred like the battle of Badr and the battle of Uhud and the battle of Al-Khandaq and the Fath, the conquering of Mecca and Hunayn and Tabuk, all the major events, the major battles that happened during the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was with the messenger throughout. 
Then some more about the biography About his marriages and his children How many times did Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu marry And how many children did he have altogether <coughs> So It is mentioned That Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu Married four times in total Abu Bakr Prior to Islam, he had already married Qutayla bint Abdul Uzza ibn Abd ibn As'ad. He had married in Jahiliya Qutayla, the daughter of Abdul Uzza. In Jahiliya, of course, Abdul Uzza and these names. And so he had two children with her. Keep a track of all of this. This is the first wife now, Qutayla ibn Abdul Uzza. And, with, and this was in Jahiliya prior to Islam. And he had two children with her. Abdullah, one son. And Asma, one daughter. Then, Umm Ruman, bint Amir ibn Uwaymir, Ibn Dhuhal, Ibn Dahman, Min Kanana. He then married Umm Ruman, the daughter of Amir ibn Uwaymir. And with her, he had two children as well. A son, Abdul Rahman, and a daughter, Aisha radiallahu anha. Radiallahu anhum, all of his children, they were Muslim. Then Tazawaja, third wife now, Tazawaja Asma bint Umais, Ibn Ma'ad, Ibn Taym al-Khath'amiyyah, Asma bint Umais. وَكَانَتْ قَبْلَهُ عِنْدَ جَعْفَرْ ibn Abi Talib. She was previously married to Ja'far ibn Abi Talib. And then Abu Bakr as-Siddiq married her, Asma bint Umais. And he had a son with her, Muhammad. Muhammad, his son Muhammad, was born from Asma bint Umais. And there is a hadith about when his son was born. Which hadith is that? Why would there be a hadith about where his son was born? Because it happened, it was a famous narration, it happened while they were going towards... Not going to Medina, where they were going to was Hajj. It was on the way to Hajj. وَكَانَ ذَلِكَ فِي حِجَّةِ الْوِدَاعِ فِي مِيقَاتِ ذِي الْحُلَيْفَةِ It was in the Miqat of Medina, the Hulayfa, on the way to Hajj, that he was born. Muhammad, the son of Abu Bakr Siddiq. So it's mentioned in the Hadith about Hajj, about his birth. And then the fourth wife, Tazawaja, Habibah, Bint Kharija, Ibn Zayd, Ibn Abi Zuhair, Min Ben Al-Harith, Ibn Kharwaj. Wakana Abu Bakr, An'am. So the fourth one, it mentions Tazawaja, Habibah, Bint Kharija. The fourth wife was Habibah, the daughter of Kharija, the son of Zayd, the son of Abi Zuhair. And... 
كان أبو بكر قد نزل على خارجه لما قدم المدينة فتزوج ابنته ولم يزل فيهم بالصنح حتى توفي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أولي الخلافة So when Abu Bakr al-Siddiq he arrived he came to Kharijah her father and he was with her and, and he married or he was with him and he married his daughter who was Habiba and then he remained in that area As-Sunh it's an area name of a place uh, and he, that's where he lived and he stayed there up until when the messenger died and he became the Khalifa so with Habiba the daughter of Kharijah he had one daughter, and that is Umm Kulthum. فَوَلَدَتْ لَهُ أُمَّ كُلْثُومِ But there is something mentioned, a detail about his daughter Umm Kulthum, that she was actually born after he passed away. Umm Kulthum بَعْدَ وَفَاتِهِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ so in total, he had four wives mentioned there. Four wives mentioned there. And from the four wives in total, how many children then? Six. How many sons? Three. And they were? Abdurrahman, Abdullah, Muhammad, and the three daughters. Aisha, Asma, Um Kulthum. So four wives and six children, three sons and three daughters. That is the background of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu Then if we mention some general narrations about the rank of Abu Bakr, about the station of Abu Bakr, because we know he is the best of all of the companions. He is the best of all of the companions. So one of the virtues mentioned about him is that he is mentioned in the Qur'an. Because in Surah Tawbah, where it mentions, إِلَّا تَنْصُرُوهُ فَقَدْ نَصَرَهُ اللَّهِ إِذْ أَخْرَجَهُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا ثَانِي اثْنَيْنِ إِذْ هُمَا فِي الْغَارِ إِذْ يَقُولُ لِصَاحِبِهِ لَا تَحْزَنْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَنَا So in this section of the Qur'an in this ayah, it mentions the second of the two, when they were, the two of them in the cave. The two of them is the Prophet Muhammad and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq That is who is being mentioned about the two of them in the cave. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu was with the Prophet Muhammad and that's where when the mushrikun were coming and inshallah we'll get time to get to the story when the mushrikun were coming there is a story that when the Prophet and Abu Bakr they were doing the hijrah they were being chased by the mushrikun and so they went into this cave there is a story that when they were in the cave and the mushrikun came looking. They didn't bother to look in the cave because, because of the spider web. There is a story that there's, there's a narration. There is a narration that the spider made a web on top of the cave. So when they came, they said they can't be in there because if they were in there, they would have broken the spider web. 
However, that narration, many of the scholars, they say it's likely not authentic. Many of the scholars, they say the spider web story is not authentic. But what is authentically mentioned is that when they were in the cave, the mushrikun came right next to the cave. And Abu Bakr said, if they had just looked down into the cave a bit more, they would have seen our feet. If they just looked down a bit more in the cave, they would have seen us standing there. They came so close. So it's mentioned in the Quran, and that is the mentioning of Abu Bakr as Siddiq in the cave with the Prophet. And that is mentioned. Qalat Aisha wa Abu Sa'id wa Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhum kana Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr was with the Prophet in the cave. From the virtues of Abu Bakr is that he was the most knowledgeable of the companions. He was from the most knowledgeable of the companions. He had the greatest of the status. <coughs> it is mentioned, Anabi Sa'id al Khudri qal, Khataba Rasulullah. Finnas, that the Prophet ﷺ gave a, an address, a khutbah to the people. In this narration, it mentions how the Prophet ﷺ did a khutbah on one occasion or addressed the people on one occasion and it, he mentioned that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the option, gave the option to his servant as to whether he wants the extended life in this world with the affairs of this world and the beauties of this world, or whether he wishes to choose to be with Allah, meaning to die from this world and go. So the messenger said to them, and that servant chose what is with Allah, did not choose to remain living in this world, chose to go and be with Allah, and what is with Allah and the reward of Allah. So when Abu Bakr heard that, he cried. The companions, they said, That we were surprised. Why is he crying? Because the narration, the messenger is just saying, there is a servant who was given this choice, either between this world or the afterlife, and the reward with Allah, and that servant chose the afterlife. That's it. And Abu Bakr began crying. And they were surprised. Why is he crying? There's nothing really in that narration of an emotional impact or sometimes some narrations, they are emotional. There is something in them. The companions couldn't understand. What is it about this narration that has made Abu Bakr cry? So he began crying and they were surprised. The messenger was actually telling them about goodness for that slave, that a slave was given the option of this world or the reward with Allah. And that slave chose the reward with Allah. That is goodness for that slave or not. Goodness, of course, the reward from Allah. It's a good thing. 
So they were surprised. The messenger has just told us this news. And that's a good thing that he's told us. The slave chose the reward with Allah. But then it's mentioned in the narration what was known to Abu Bakr about that narration. فَكَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ هُوَ الْمُخَيِّرُ وَكَانَ أَبُو بَكْرَ أَعْلَمُنَا They said, Abu Bakr knew. When the messenger mentioned that narration, he knew that the messenger was talking about himself. And that he had chosen what is with Allah, meaning he was going to die. He was going to die and he had chosen what is with Allah. And that is what led Abu Bakr as-Siddiq to cry. Knowing that the messenger was going to die, was going to leave them. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ And so the messenger said at that time, <coughs> the Prophet said that the greatest of all of the people in their generosity and in their giving in their goodness towards us, in companionship and with their wealth, the best of all of the people in all of those regards is Abu Bakr. In his goodness and generosity with his companionship and with his wealth and all of the affairs, he is the best of all of the people. And that's when the messenger then said, لَوْ كُنْتُ مُتَّخِذًا خَلِيلًا if I was going to take a khalil, the khullah, the highest level of love, to love someone at the highest level of that love, if I was going to take a khalil, then I would have taken Abu Bakr as my khalil, as my most beloved one. وَلَكِنْ أُخُوَّةُ الْإِسْلَامُ أُمْوَدَّتُ so then he says, but rather it is the brotherhood in Islam and that love. And then he mentions, that do not leave any door except that it is locked or blocked, except the door of Abu Bakr. His is open, he has open access. But the remainder, no. So again, this indicates the great virtue and the position that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu had with the Prophet As for his virtue, then it is known he was the best of all of the companions. An ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma qal, Abdullah ibn Umar, he said, Kunna nukhayyiru bayna al-nas fi zaman al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that we used to select or choose between the people at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, and we always used to choose Abu Bakr as the best, Abu Bakr at the top. Then Thumma Umar, Thumma Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhum. We used to always put Abu Bakr at the top. Then Umar, then Uthman radiallahu anhum. And then it mentions in another narration on Muhammad ibn al-Hanafiya. And that is Muhammad ibn Ali. Ali radiallahu anhu, his son Muhammad ibn al-Hanafiya. قال 
Qultuli Abi, he says, I said to my father, Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiallahu anhu, Ayyun nasi khair ba'da Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Who from the people is the best after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Ali ibn Abi Talib is being asked this question by his son. Who is the best of the people after the Prophet ﷺ? Ali ibn Abi Talib said, Abu Bakr. Qultu, then his son says to him, Thumma man, then who? Qala Umar. Ali ibn Abi Talib says, Umar. Wa khashitu an yaqula Uthman. Qultu thumma anta. And then his son says that I feared he may say Uthman. I said to him, is it you after that? So after Abu Bakr and Umar and then Uthman as well. Is it you after that? Qal ma ana illa rajulun min al-Muslimin. He said, I am nothing other than just a man from amongst the people. <coughs> this is how he spoke of himself. Gave the precedence to Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhumah. And then after that he said, I am just a man from amongst the people. I'm just an average person. So then there are many other narrations of this nature. We've already mentioned the hadith of Ibn Abbas or the statement from Ibn Abbas of the Prophet sallam. That if I was going to take a Khalil, I would have taken Abu Bakr as a Khalil, but he is my brother and my companion. There is another narration from Muhammad ibn Jubair ibn Mut'im an Abihi Qal. Atat, and this shows to you how high ranking Abu Bakr as Siddiq was, radiallahu Atat imra'atu an Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A woman, one time, a woman came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to ask him a question, to ask him some things. فَأَمَرَهَا أَن تَرْجِعَ إِلَيْهِ But the messenger told her to come back later. To come back to him later. She said, قَالَتْ أَرَأَيْتَ إِنْ جِئْتُ وَلَمْ أَجِدْكَ She said, what if I come back later, but I don't find you? And what she meant by that was, what if I come back later at another time and you have already died, passed away? After you. After you, if I come back and you are gone, then who do I go to? Who do I go to then after you've passed away? كَأَنَّهَا تَقُولَ الْمَوْتِ قَالَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِنْ لَمْ تَجِدِينِي فَأْتِي أَبَا the Prophet ﷺ said to her, if you don't find me, meaning if the death occurs and I'm gone, then come to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu <coughs> There's a few other examples here. About the virtue of Abu Bakr One of them is what we touched upon earlier That he was one of the first people to accept Islam There is a narration mentioned here uh, uh, Where it says 
وبراء ابن عبد الرحمن عن همام قال سمعت عمارا عمار بن ياسر يقول رأيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وما معه إلا خمسة إلا خمسة أعبد وامرأتان وأبو بكر In this narration it mentions Ammar ibn Yasir he says I saw the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and there was no one with him no Muslims nobody had accepted except five slaves who had accepted Islam two women and Abu Bakr that was it and in fact there's even a narration I forgot the narrator now but there's a narration Shaykh Al-Bani mentioned it in his uh, Sahih Mukhtasar As-Sirah. In a narration it mentions where the narrator says, and I forget the name of the narrator, he says, I saw the Prophet ﷺ come to the Kaaba and pray. And then I saw a woman come and line up behind him to join him in the prayer. And I saw a boy come and line up at the side of him to join the prayer. A boy came and lined up at the side of the messenger to pray and a woman came and lined up behind them, jama'ah. Those three, he says, I saw the boy and the woman come and line up with the messenger in the congregation. And he says in the narration, I do not know on the face of the earth anyone besides these three upon this way of theirs. Meaning at that time they were the only three Muslims. That's what that narration indicates and says. And that is of course in reference to the boy being Ali ibn Abi Talib and the woman being Khadija radiallahu anha. The three of them only. Three Muslims on the face of the earth. And they were there at the Kaaba praying. It says in that narration, one of the narrators mentions. In the, in the, in the narration it says, how a mushrik comes along. A mushrik comes along and the narrator is telling him, do you know who those three are? And then he says, that's Muhammad. And then he mentions the other two coming and praying. And then he says to his friend, I don't know anybody else other than these three upon that way. That they were the only three Muslims that they were aware of, were aware of at that time. Also there are narrations indicating how Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu was the most beloved of the people to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We don't have time to do everything and we want to summarize it into one lecture rather than going into multiple lectures. Uh, some of the events that happened at the time of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, maybe we'll just mention one. There are many, many battles happened during his Khilafah. The Islam, Islam spread into various other parts. There were conquests that happened. There was of course the uh, Ridda those who apostated and he had to uh, deal with that. There was those who refused to give the zakat and he had to deal with that. There were various things that happened at the time of Abu Bakr Siddiq. But to mention all of those, then you are going to have to do a full series. But one thing we'll mention. An important thing that happened at the time of Abu Bakr Siddiq. The Quran, the Mus'haf. The Mus'haf that you read from. It was first gathered together at the time of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq by the order of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu Because it is mentioned Qala uh, ibn Kathir in the year 12 Hijri 
So that is one year after the death of the Prophet ﷺ. Amara as-Siddiq Zayd ibn Thabit an yajma' al-Qur'an min al-Khaf wal-Usb wa sudur al-Rijal. وَذَٰلِكَ بَعْدَمَ اسْتَحَرَّ الْقَتْلِ فِي الْقُرَّاءِ يَوْمَ الْيَمَامَةِ It is mentioned in the battle of Al-Yamama, many of the Muslims who were Hufaz, who had memorized the Qur'an, they were being killed in that battle. In the battle of Al-Yamama, many of them were being killed. So, Umar ibn al-Khattab, feared that a problem could arise from this, that many of the Muslims amongst them who had memorized the Qur'an, the memorizers, many of them were being killed in that battle, they were dying in that battle. So he came to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu and suggested to him that Abu Bakr should compile all the Qur'an into one place. Because before that, was the Qur'an written down or not? During the time of the Prophet ﷺ, was it written down or not? <coughs> it was written down. The companions used to write down the Qur'an and the parts that they had memorized. But was it written down in one full book, like the Mus'haf? It wasn't like that. Companions had pieces of paper they wrote some of it down on. Other pieces of paper they wrote some more of it down on. But all of it combined together into one like book that didn't exist. So Umar ibn al-Khattab suggested to Abu Bakr that this is what they should do. Get it all together in one place. Collect all those parchments and those papers and from all the memorizers of the Quran. Get it all together so we have it and it cannot be lost. Even if the memorizers, many of them are being killed, even if they are all killed, we have all of the Qur'an, it cannot be lost. So this was what Umar ibn al-Khattab suggested to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. Initially, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq didn't want to do it. He said, how can we do that? And the Messenger sallallahu never did that. He never combined it all together and put it together like a book, as we have it now. He never did that, but then it mentions in the narration how eventually Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu warmed to the idea as we say and became convinced that that is what they should do. And that's when he uh, told Zayd ibn Thabit and uh, three others, there were four in total, Zayd ibn Thabit, one of them, to go and gather all of the Qur'an and to put it together. So it was done. They went and they gathered all of the pieces and the memorizations and every put it together in one place. And they made six copies of it, six mushafs. And they sent them to the different places. I forget the names of all the places, but they sent one to Iraq, one to Mecca, one to some of the places, maybe the different countries. There were six copies. And they sent them to the different places. And one copy was kept in the house, the house of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. One copy was kept in his house. And then the other copies were sent to Mecca and to Iraq and to some of the places. They were sent out to the various areas. So it is mentioned about Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiallahu anhu, 
where he combined and united the people on two different occasions. He united the people upon that, uh, upon that one recitation at that time. Because there were all the different qiraat and it was this one that was kept at that time. Because people were starting to differ on the qiraat at that time as well. So he collected them into this one version at that time. And so the scholars, they say, he united the people upon that one Qur'an or the one qira'ah, one recitation of the Qur'an at that time. Just as he united the people at the time of the death of the Prophet wasallam as well. And he united the people in these different ways, in these different times, when the ridda occurred and then again he called them and many of them accepted and they returned and they uh, remained upon Islam or returned to Islam. So these are some of the points mentioned about his uh, action of uniting the people upon that Qur'an and gathering the Qur'an. We'll briefly just mention his death then. وَفَاتُهُ قَالَ الْحَافَظِ إِبْنُ كَثِيرٌ كَانَتْ وَفَاتُ الصِّدِّيقِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ فِي يَوْمِ الْإِثْنَيْنَ عَشِيَّةً so it is mentioned that, or many of them say it was basically, as we say, Monday night. It was on a Monday night that he passed away. That night he was buried. So he died in the year 13 Hijri. His Khilafah was only... Two years. His Khilafah was only two years. He died in the year 13 Hijri. Ba'da an maridha khamsata ashara yawman. After he had been in a sickness for 15 days. He had been ill for 15 days. And there are different narrations about why he became ill. Some narrations say that he had bathed on a very cold and freezing day. And he became ill after that. And he was ill for 15 days. In another narration, it mentions how they ate a particular dish of meat that they used to eat in those days. Meat that used to be, uh, uh, I forgot the names, uh, what they call it in, uh, when, you, when you allow the meat to, uh, uh, when you leave meat outside to dry. Uh, whatever they call that, when you leave the meat to dry for a while, that they had left it to dry for a day. There's a word in cookery, in cooking, they call it. I forgot the... Huh? Huh? Qadid, no, but in English they have a word. Dry aging, that's the one here. Dry aging. So they were doing that with the meat for a day, and then they had it with the bread, and perhaps there was some issue there, and they say from that afterwards he became ill, and he was ill for 15 days uh, with fever and those likes. And then after that he passed away. Uh, and during that time when he was ill, who was leading the prayer? Umar ibn al-Khattab. Just like when the Prophet ﷺ was ill, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq himself was leading the prayer. And there's a narration when the Prophet was ill, uh, uh, he told them, or he told Aisha anha about Abu Bakr leading the prayer. And Aisha said to the Prophet ﷺ, but Abu Bakr, my, her father, leading the prayer, he is a man who is... He, 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 cry, he weeps, he is emotional. 
upon the ayat, etc. And Umar ibn Khattab, for example, was up. He was known to be with a big voice and strong voice, whereas Abu Bakr was more the opposite of that type. And uh, But it was Abu Bakr, the Prophet ﷺ told him and told them to make him lead the prayer. So Umar ibn Khattab was leading here. And then when Abu Bakr as-Siddiq died, uh, he, uh, his khilafah had been two years and three months. Two years and three months. And how old was he when he died? 63, they say. Approximately 63 years old, which was the same as the Prophet ﷺ. So it mentions, uh, Ibn Kathir said, وَكَانَ عُمْرُهُ يَوْمَ تُوفِيَ ثَلَاثًا وَسِتِّينَ سَنَةً لِلسِّنَ الَّذِي تُوفِيَ فِيهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَقَدْ جَمَعَ اللَّهُ بَيْنَهُمَا فِي التُّرْبَةِ كَمَا جَمَعَ بَيْنَهُمَا فِي الْحَيَاةِ فَرَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ وَأَرْضَاهُ And then he mentions how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala combined between them in the earth, they were buried, Next to each other, just as Allah had united them in life. They had been together, as we said, from the beginning. United and together in life, and united and together in their burial in the ground also. So that is just very brief. That is only the first chapter of this biography. That is only the first chapter of this biography. And that is just the overview of the biography of Abu Bakr. Then in this particular biography, they go into all the details. The second chapter is details about what he did when he was the Khalifa. The different battles that happened, the different countries they went to, all of the different things that he did when he was the Khalifa. And it goes on to mention all the details. Uh, But anybody who wants more detail, all of this particular one is taken from Al-Bidayah wa Nihayah. It's a summary from that book. Al-Bidayah wa Nihayah of Ibn Kathir. And there are many other biographies you can read too. But this is one of them. If you go to other books, the books of biographies, you'll find them in there as well, of course, of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. If you go to the books of the companions, Al-Isti'ab, for example, of Ibn Abd al-Bar. And there is also Al-Isaba of Ibn Hajar. Many of the books of the companions, they'll give you biographies of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhu. Even Nasir Alam and Nubala, these kinds of books, you'll find uh, biographies mentioned of the companions. So that is just a brief look at Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu to give a general overview of who he was. And inshallah ta'ala, if things go to plan, then at the end of next month, the last Saturday, the last Saturday of February, the end of next month, we'll do Umar ibn al-Khattab, inshallah. So the last Saturday of the month, not every Saturday, just the last Saturday of the month. So we'll see next month at the end of February, the last Saturday. Inshallah ta'ala, if we can, we'll do the biography just like this, a brief one of Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiallahu anhu. So that is where we'll conclude today then.